Hey, good morning. Hope you're well. Thanks for joining us. I just want to give you some information before I share my message this morning. Obviously, as church now, um, we can open up, open up the building, which is great news. So, and also the auditorium is kind of nearly finished, so which is great news. So, hopefully, at the 30th of December, we're going to be opening up and going into the main auditorium. Obviously, there's still uh, guidance in place, so we're limited on numbers, uh, ensuring social distancing and various things. But we're trying to create a safe environment where you can come along. And we can gather together and watch church online. So 13th of December, you need to book on uh, through Eventbrite. Look out for the links, social media and various things. But make sure you book on. We don't want you to be disappointed. And we'd love to see you. And come and have a look at the, the auditorium as well. So 13th of December. There isn't any kids ministry on at the moment. We're going to be looking at that in the new year. And if we're still meeting as we're meeting. So, but yeah, come along 13th of December. Book on. We'd love to see you. Okay. This morning uh, I'm sharing, I'm carrying on from last week. If you weren't with me last week, I'll just recap briefly. I did a message about building great communities. And I said that we're a part of a community, but actually we're part of something bigger than that. We're part of a kingdom. And I went on to explain what this king was like if you become a part of God's um, community or God's kingdom then we have a great king I said and this great king is um, he's a wonderful king he's full of love he's full of mercy and um, he, he uh, he's a king that is eternal he's going to reign forever and he's not going to end his rule and we can be a part of that kingdom as we put our faith in Jesus who is this great king and I said that's what the kingdom is like and I said also we're a part of a great body and that body, as I talked about, when God uh, talks about greatness, he demonstrated his greatness through Jesus when he came and served us. And he highlights when he talks to his disciples that greatness is about service. And uh, sometimes we don't look at service as greatness, but God um, associates or um, simultaneously looks at um, service as greatness. So if we want to be great in the eyes of God, then we're called to service. And um, so he's a great king. He was. A, he's, a, he's got a great kingdom and also he's got a great body. And that body is us as a group of people and who are called to serve and do good works. So I want to just touch on that great body again this morning and just highlight it a little bit more and give you some thoughts that I've been musing on. You know, I have one body, right? This is my body. I've been blessed with this body. And, um, you know, I'm thankful for my body. Sometimes I can compare my body and wish I had a different body or a different person. And that can rob me of the joy of who I am. And But ultimately, I have one body, right? This one body. And I have a choice what I do with my body. You know, I have a choice what my hands do, what I put my hands to. I have a choice where my feet go. I have a choice um, what, what I put into my body. I have a choice what comes out of my body. You know, I can neglect my body. Um, but ultimately, I have one body and it's my choice. And I've called this message, one body, let's take care of it. Right? We've got one body, just like my body. Why not take care of it so that it can reach its full potential and it can um, serve people and make a difference in this world. And I believe that's what God wants us to do. So one body, let's take care of it. I just want to look at that a thought on um, on the body and it being one, right? Um, I want to go back to the body in the beginning, Genesis chapter 2. And God has made all of creation and he's made Adam. And then he comes to Adam and he says this. He says, Genesis 2 verse 18, it's New King James Version. And the Lord God said, 
it is not good that man to be alone. I will make him a comparable, sorry, I will make him a helper comparable to him. So God looks at Adam and says, it's not good for him to be alone. I'm going to make someone who is equal to him, right? I'm going to make somebody who's going to help him. Um, in Genesis 2, same uh, scripture in the, a different version, contemporary English version, it says this, the Lord God said, it isn't good for the man to live alone. I will make a suitable partner for him. So God looks at Adam and decides it's not good for him to be alone, right? He's not going to be very fruitful on his own, but I'm going to create a helper that is then going to allow him to be fruitful and bear fruit. And, you know, I, you know, I look at this and I, and, I, and, I, and I look at the words of what God then does. He takes the rib out of Adam and out of Adam. He forms Eve and, you know, Eve is formed. And then Adam like kind of looks at Eve and he says some profound words. You know, you have to realise this is before Adam and Eve fell. Before sin entered the world, you know, there was a perfect world. They knew God and they knew who they were in the sight of God. And Adam says these profound words. He says this. The man said, this is in Genesis 2.23. The man said, this is now bone of my bone. So he's looking at Eve and saying, this woman is bone of my bone. She's come out of me. Flesh of my flesh. And she shall be called woman. So Adam, right? Adam's a pretty intelligent guy. Now, you know, he, he, he's, he's named animals and plants. He knows what they all are. He's, you know, he, he, he's well advanced in intellect. He's, you know, he, he, you've got David Attenborough, right? This level. And Adam's way up there, right? Adam is just... I think probably Adam's probably the most intelligent man to walk on the earth, okay? Because he knew no sin. Now, he says these really profound words, I believe. This is now bone of my bone, and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman. In other words, he looks at her and he recognises this woman is of me, right? This woman has come out of me. And is part of me. And I am one with her. I'm not two. Now. Obviously he looks at her. And there are some differences. Right. I'm not going to do a science. I'm not going to do a biology lesson right now. There are some obvious differences. Right. But he's saying something profoundly deeper than this. In his heart. In his spirit. And he looks at her and he's saying. She is one with me. I think this is really profound, right? I remember this is before the fall. You know, for most of us, if we saw something in creation that looked marvellous, right, and, and, and profound, most of us sometimes what we do is because of sin, we compare ourselves and put ourselves down. But with Adam, there is no sin. There is no sin because Adam, I believe, he knows God and he knows who God is. And I'll look at that in a second. But the profound thing is, right, that he's not too... He sees himself as one. Now, I know this is talking maybe about a man and a woman in a marriage, but I believe this is profound for all of us, that actually 
you know, we're all part of a body. We're all part of a, you know, a, a family of people in some form, whether it's in your own family or, you know, at work, you, you, you're almost a family unit or, you know, maybe it's just um, as the church, we're one body, we're a family of believers. But, you know, we're one body. And my first point is this. We are one body. We're not two. We're one body. You know, we're a team. We're in this together. We're helping each other to get somewhere to fulfill God's plans and God's purposes. We're not here to knock each other down and, you know, we're to move our insecurities out of the way and to see, like Adam sees, that this is a team effort, guys. We're in this together. Come on, we can do it. You know, we're an army that are, you know, watching out for each other and each other's backs. We're, we're, we're there to breathe life and to build each other up. You know, we're united on this. You know, by the way, we're not Man United, we're Team United, right? I know it was a man, I know they were united, but we'll remove Man United. We, we are united, okay? We're united. And we, we're united because we're doing this through faith in Jesus Christ. We're not doing this on our own strength, we're doing this through faith in Jesus Christ. So we're one body. You know, just as Adam looked at Eve, he knew who he was. And he knew who Eve was. And he saw that they were one. You know, do you look at people and see that we're one in Jesus Christ? It's very easy to compare and to put people down to make ourselves look good. But actually what we're doing is we're not loving ourselves if we're not loving others in the same way. So we're one body. What a great thought. We're one body. We're in it together. We're on the same mission we have the same captain, the same king, and we're following him. We're in it together. So we're one body. And then I just want to just pull some other things about this body, right? And what God does with Adam here, some thoughts. My next thought is this. God gifts us with a helper. You know, Adam, you know, the rib is taken out. God sees that, it, you know, it'd be good for him to have a helper, someone who's suitable partner. God brings this helper out of Adam. And in the same way, if you're a person of faith this morning, you put your faith in God and faith in Jesus, Jesus promises a helper for you. I find this amazing. Jesus promises you a helper. So you're not doing it on your own, but you're working with one with God and he promises a helper. Now, when Jesus is talking to the disciples in John 14, verse 16, they're talking, Jesus talks to them about asking. If you ask in my name, then, you know, you'll get, you'll get whatever you ask in my name. And it, to put this in context, sometimes we can take things out of context. We think we can ask for anything in the name of Jesus and we'll get it. And maybe sometimes we do get it. But it, it, God, I believe, will give us what's right for us, what's good for us. It says this, John 14, 16, I will ask the Father... And he will give you another helper. So Jesus, when he is crucified on the cross and he's resurrected and he goes to be with the father, it says, and the father sends a helper. And Jesus is saying, I will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. I mean, that's a pretty good helper to have, right? Someone who's not going to abandon you when it gets difficult. Someone who's not going to abandon you when you mess up. But someone who's going to stay with you, who's faithful forever. That's a pretty good helper to have. Now, for us 
if you're a believer this morning, you're listening, you know what I'm talking about. We're talking about God's Spirit, the Holy Spirit that's now been poured out and made available through Jesus Christ. Without Jesus, it was not possible because God's Spirit is holy and I don't live a holy life. But for me to receive the holiness of God, Jesus died for the forgiveness of my sin so he created a possibility when I surrender turn away from sin and surrender to Jesus God it says gives me a new heart and in that new heart the Holy Spirit can dwell Jesus makes me righteous not me and the Holy Spirit begins to dwell and takes me on a journey um, to discover some things right so what is this Holy Spirit what is this helper like well he's a comforter we know that you know, when you look in the New Testament, the, the people of faith were deeply persecuted, but they were able to maintain their faith because I believe the Holy Spirit comforted them and strengthened them in their persecution. So whatever you're going through right now, I want to encourage you, keep inviting God, the Holy Spirit, listening to God's words and his truth in your life because he wants to comfort you. You know, I went uh, on holiday this year. We went, we were fortunate to go, to go down to Cornwall and I decided to go. The girls wanted to go in the sea and bodyboarding, so we decided to go in there. And I've got to say, October English, um, it, it, on the English, uh, I was going to say the English Channel, but it's the other side. It's probably the, uh, the Atlantic. It was freezing, absolutely freezing, right? My fingers were falling off and... But, you know, we found these wetsuits in the cottage we were renting. And we put these wet, I mean, wetsuits don't go on very attractively, do they? Right? You pull them on and you just squeeze them on. You feel everything's exposed, right? And, and, and you wear this wetsuit and you go in the sea. And initially, it's like, oh, it's freezing. And then all of a sudden, it begins to warm up, right? No, I haven't done one of those. It, it just warms up. Your body warms it up, right? Your body's warming the wetsuit up, and all of a sudden it, it becomes more comfortable. You know, and I want to encourage you, whatever you're going through right now, maybe it's something that you, that's difficult for you, allow the Holy Spirit to comfort you. May he bring warmth to you. May he bring strength to you. May he bring a deeper joy to you in this season. And may you realize that you're not alone and that he is with you and he is always with you no matter what's going on. So God gifts us with a helper. You know, even Jesus Christ himself needed a helper. And I find this amazing. God himself, Jesus, you know, who knew no sin, needed the Holy Spirit in his life. And he demonstrated this when he was baptized. Um, John the Baptist baptizes him and it says the Holy Spirit came upon him like a dove. This illustration that, 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 that is given to us like a dove. This gentleness that has come upon us and this peace. And then these profound words are, are said. The Holy Spirit brings the truth of the Father to Jesus. And he brings them, I believe, so that others can hear them. And they're written down so that we can know these words too. And I believe this is what the Holy Spirit wants to bring to us. I believe this is what Adam had in the beginning before he fell. And God wants to restore to us. And they're simply this. He says these words. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. You know, God loves us as his own children. And that's what he wants us to know first and foremost. That we, if you put your faith in God... You begin to be restored and understand that you're a child of God and you're loved by God. 
And then he says, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. There is a sense of acceptance when we come to God. He doesn't turn us away, but he accepts, accepts us. And also there's an approval that comes. God approves of us. He likes us. He's made us. He's created us in his image and he loves us. We don't earn that love. We simply by faith were made right with God. God accepts us. He loves us and he approves of us. He gives us the stamp of approval before we've done anything. Right. This is who God is. And he wants to restore that. And it's the Holy Spirit that guides us in truth, guides us as we read the scripture. The Holy Spirit will reveal that and he will draw that out of us so that we can begin to discover who we are in God. As we put our faith in God as the body of God, we can begin to be built back up and restored to God's former glory of who he wanted us to be. And maybe you're going through some you know, difficulties or you struggle with some of these things most of us do i want to encourage you just like adam he was at one with god he knew who he was maybe this month choose to be at one with god no matter what's going on that god loves you he accepts you he approves of you find your contentment in god and god alone not in this world not in things that are going to promise things but don't fulfill a deeper contentment that's found in God's word and in God's promise over your life. So God gifts us with a helper and that helper wants to guide you in that truth. He wants to comfort you when it's difficult and he wants to show you the love of the father that is available. And my third point is this, right? We, so we're one body. God gifts us a helper, which is amazing. And then it, my next point is this, we are a gift to each other. So Adam, right? His rib is pulled out and he's given a helper. So out of Adam comes this gift of this amazing woman, right? This amazing helper. You know, each one of us are a gift to each other. Now, we don't always see ourselves like this. We don't see ourselves as a gift or a blessing. Or we don't see others as a gift of a blessing. Sometimes we do the opposite. We curse ourselves or we curse other people or we put each other down. And that's not how God wants us to live. God wants us to build each other up if we're cursing people we're actually not loving ourselves that's what the bible teaches us so we're here to receive the love of god as i mentioned earlier and then to see ourselves as a gift to one another right this person in my life is a gift you are a gift to someone else so go and be a gift and be a blessing to one another you know i i don't know about you but i i love to receive gifts i love christmas time love to receive but i also love to give gifts you know, we have a choice what we do with our gifts and we have a choice where, how we see people. Do we see them as a blessing um, or do we see them at times as a curse? And it's our job to actually make sure we try and see the best in people because people are a gift. You know, it's only our insecurities that get us to see people um, in a negative light. If we saw as Adam saw, this woman is at one with me. You know, if you're a believer and you're born of God and you're listening to this, you are born of God. You're born of God's spirit, right? And that means everybody who's born of God is born of the same God. So therefore, we are all one, right? And we're all blessed and we're all a gift to one another. Just as Adam saw Eve one with one another, we need to see that we are one with not one another and then learn to be one with one another. So... God gifts us with a helper and God gifts, we're a gift to each other. And then God is this, for us to build this great community, this is what God does. He's amazing. Just as he draws the gift out of Adam, 
God draws the gift out of you. You know, you have a gift. Not only are you a gift as an individual, right? You have a gift that God wants to draw out of you. You know, no one has all the gifts. Um, we all have some gifting or some talent that God puts inside of you. Here are a few things, right? Gifts to me inspire us. They inspire one another. You know, what does inspire mean? It means in spirit. So God puts something inside of you. And when you bring it to the table, it's inspirational. Now, we struggle with this sometimes because we get insecure and we think, oh, they're better than us. No, you've got a different gift completely. Stop comparing one another, right? You've got far more interesting things to do. Stop comparing one another. You've got a gift and bring it to the table. So a gift could be a gift of encouragement. Who needs a gift of encouragement? Absolutely. Now, we should all encourage one another, but maybe you've got that gift. You just love to encourage. Or you've got the gift to serve. We should all serve one another, but sometimes people just have this gift to serve. They are energized, you know, by it. They just go extra mile, never complain. They love, well, most of the time they don't complain. They love to serve. Or you've got a gift maybe to be creative. You've got a creative gift and you love to create and bring ideas and that's what energizes you. Or you've got the gift of organizing you love to organize it energizes you you buzz off it it lifts you it energizes you it inspires you and it inspires other people i want to encourage you keep organizing things that need to be organized and um you know or you've got a gift to teach you know some of you teachers out there you're inspiring a generation you're drawing what you can out of children to believe in themselves to 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 you know to pick themselves up to see the best in themselves to work hard and it's not always easy but you have a gift to do it to keep doing it or maybe you've got a pastoral gift to love people and no matter what people are going through you just love you don't mind sitting in the mess of life because it inspires you that you have the privilege of being there and caring for people what a great gift now we should all grow in this and develop creativity the ability to teach and help and you know to to organize all of these things we can learn from people who are very good at it but ultimately i want to encourage you this month You know, write down a couple of things that you love to do and that you're good at and then go and use them. Maybe you do use them at work, which is great, or use them to help somebody else. Think, how can I help? God, give me opportunity to help. Maybe it's a team. Maybe at church you could go on and say, this is the gift I've got. Does it help? Now, we should never force ourselves. Jesus never forced himself. We should never, you know, try and put people down and say, you're not using my gift. No, you willingly give your gift. And uh, it's up to people to, you know, uh, choose to listen to you and and involve you in that. But I want to encourage you, write some things down. What are the gifts that I have and am I using them? Or even am I learning and, and learning something new about my gift in order that that gift can be drawn out of you? God wants to draw the gift out of you like Eve is drawn out of Adam. The gift of God is inside of you. He's not putting anything on you that he hasn't already empowered you, that he's already put within you. I want to encourage you in that. Don't put too much pressure on yourself. God has put it inside of you. And when you do it, it inspires you and inspires other people. That's what God has gifted you to do. And then my last point is this. I'm going to finish with this. So, you know, we are one body. You got that. We are, you know, God's gift, gift to each other. Uh, sorry, God gifts us with the helper. You're a gift to one another and God draws the gift out of you. And my last point of this, and this is 
to me that I'm inspired by this because of Jesus is this. This is what God does. God draws the helper out of you. Now, we're all called, I believe, to serve as Jesus, as I mentioned before. We're all called to help. And just as Adam, he has he has um, Eve drawn out of him. He has the helper drawn out of him, right? And then he's able to be fruitful. Just as Adam, Eve, sorry, is drawn out of Adam, God wants to draw the helper out of you. And he does that by... You know, creating a, a willing heart within us, a heart that's not a heart of stone that is refuses to help, but he gives us a new heart, a heart of flesh. And that heart of flesh then learns to be willing and to be loving and to look at, th- look at ways in which we can help. Now, why do we do this? Why do people, or why are people are inspired to help, right? Why don't they just say, I'm not going to bother, I'm just going to live my own life. This is why I believe, this is what inspires me to help, right? Why do we love the way we love? Why do we serve the way we serve? Why do we make sacrifices? And it's simply because of this, his name is Jesus. Now, Jesus is the one who we follow. Jesus is the great king. Jesus is the one who's building his kingdom. Jesus is the one who loved us first and we love because Jesus first loves us we serve because Jesus has served us we help because Jesus has helped us Psalm 40 verse 2 says he David speaking he lifted me out of the miry clay the thing that it was impossible for me to get out of the sin or whatever it is that suppressed you or the pain Jesus comes and he lifts us out and he puts us on a solid rock what inspires us it's Jesus. Jesus helping us at the cross. Jesus laying down his life to deal with our mess and being raised again. He is the inspiration. Sending the Holy Spirit that we would have a helper, that we would know that we're not alone, that God is faithful to what he promised, and that is the hope that we have. I want to encourage you, keep loving Jesus, keep reading about Jesus, keep falling in love with Jesus, keep using your gift and your talent to serve one another. And don't forget, we are one body. We're not competing against one another, but we're here to care for one another. I've got one body. Church, we've got one body. We've got one opportunity in this generation. What are we going to do with this body? Let's take care of it let's take care of what jesus has taught us let's take care to apply it in our lives and let's take care to ensure what is coming out honors jesus christ who is the lover of our soul i'm going to read romans three seventeen. i read it last week and finished with this the son of man sorry this uh, the sin of one man adam caused death to rule over many But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness for all who receive it will live in triumph over sin. And through this one man, Jesus Christ. So we triumph because of this one man. We become one with God because of this one man. His name is Jesus. The forgiveness of sin is offered because of this one man. We triumph over it because of this one man, Jesus. I'm going to ask you this morning, are you one with God? Are you right with God? 
Have you made peace with God this morning? Are you still trying to do things in your own strength, dealing with you know sin and various things, and it's wearing you out? Well, I want to tell you, there's one man, his name is Jesus, and he's triumphed over sin and death, and he makes it possible as we come to him, we receive forgiveness of sin, we turn away from sin, we receive forgiveness, and God promises to pour out his spirit into our lives. I want to ask you this morning, are you one with God? You have a choice, I can't make you one with God, and God won't force you. But he's given you opportunity by sending his son and offering uh, him as a sacrifice for the forgiveness of sin. I want to just pray this morning, if you're here and you're listening and you don't know God, you can be one with God this morning. You've got a choice to make, it's your choice. You can turn away from the life you're living and say, I'm going to choose God this morning. So I'm going to pray. And if if you've heard these words, I want you to just, and you believe them, this morning you can receive Jesus and the forgiveness. So Jesus, we thank you for this morning. We thank you, Jesus, for sending, for coming into this world and for offering your life that we can be made one with God. Lord, there's nothing better than being one with God. I pray for people this morning. Maybe they've been a Christian for a while and and, and, and they don't know the oneness, the contentment, the acceptance. I just pray right now, people for the first time receiving forgiveness or people again coming back to you, I pray this morning they would know the love of God. Lord, you would wash through them, you would wash through them, you would cleanse them, you would reveal truth in their life, Lord, that they are saved, that they are loved, that they're not alone. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would reveal truth to them this week as they seek you. I pray that you fill them with your spirit, Lord. Bring joy in the difficulties. Lord, I pray peace like never before, Lord, in the storm, in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, I thank you that we have one body. Lord, help us to take care of it. Father, bless this body in the name of Jesus. And I just pray this morning, people may be contending or upset with some people. I pray this morning, they'd be at peace now with people and let things go in the name of Jesus. Amen. I hope that's been helpful. You know, God's building a great community. We are a part of a great community and we have a great King. God bless you this morning and see you soon. Bye.